Hello and welcome. You are now listening to The Junk and Jam Hour, a live talk radio broadcast only on Radio Free Brooklyn. And now for your on air host, Christopher Albert. Hello, everyone. Happy Monday. You are listening to the Junk and Jam Hour on. Radio Free Brooklyn. Radio Free Brooklyn, of course, is the nonprofit community organization and freeform internet radio station streaming original content by New York City artists and broadcasters, DJs, journalists, you name it, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Of course, it is Radio Free's Brooklyn goals to empower and amplify the otherwise unheard voices within our communities on the Junkie Jam Hour. Well, that's us. It is my objective to share and highlight the artistic and creative journeys behind the impressive projects and contributions of some of today's most talented underground and groundbreaking artists and entrepreneurs. I have a very special guest joining me today. Uh, She herself is an imaginative and mindful healer who has dedicated over 20 years in the practice and study of art and meditation and is impressively versed in the unique benefits that creativity the outdoors, and nature all have on our overall well-being. Her life calling has since found her advocating for the restoration of the health and well-being of others and affirming that anytime we immerse ourselves in the beauty of the natural world around us or in any artistic mediums with which we can express ourselves, we can truly heal our spirit. As an esthete, She doesn't just simply have a special appreciation of art and beauty, but she also continues to foster a deep connection with nature, whether it's been her struggles with anxiety or depression, work-related stress, relationship woes, or financial tension. Her esthete lifestyle, utilizing creative outlets and immersing herself in nature, has helped her to grow and become proficient in self-care. The esthete life Her modern-day brand of integrated lifestyle services includes the self-care specialties of intuitive arts, ecotherapy, trauma-conscious yoga, and food therapy. Who knew? (laughs) All-encompassing of her deep, sincere passion to connect her own expertise and development to the service of others. She's also an activist, using her talents to acquire dual certification in education and special education, and soon to start her certification in art therapy. Meanwhile, she's currently bestowing free intuitive art and community workshops in collaboration with women's shelters in Harlem and across New York City, as well as other shelters whose demographic is primarily women, providing meaningful opportunities and wellness resources to the often overlooked and marginalized Black, Indigenous, and other peoples of color. She is an admitted nomad (laughs) and has lived in many cities while traveling as a pastry chef, including D.C., Barcelona, and the Mojave Desert, to which her and her husband are planning to return uh, soon. Uh, Please help me welcome intuitive artist and coach, Afro-Indigenous witch, aesthetic healer, Activist, humanitarian, chef, educator, founder of the Modern Esthete Life, a suite of creative and wellness services helping you to discover your most aesthetic self, including Esthete Kitchen. She is the first and only of her kind, reminding us all that we're not just going through some shit, but we're growing through some shit. Joining me via Zoom, 
please let us welcome Mrs. Vanessa Opal June. Hello, Vanessa. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. I have to say that introduction is like only Mrs. Mother Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's all you. Thank you so much for joining me and, and for coming on to share your journey. And of course, everything you do, your fabulous, your fabulous self. Um, let's start with, with your, your artsy fartsy journey. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, honestly, I've, I've been an artist ever since I was a little kid, you know? Yeah. The only thing that was ever on my Christmas list was, you know, pencils and crayons. I know, paper yes. And construction paper and etch a sketches. Oh my God. And every once in a while, my mom, you know how like kids, when they're too quiet, you know, they're getting into some shit? Yes. My mom would stay opening up my door just to check, like, what are you doing? What? And all I'm doing is just sitting for hours quietly by myself in the room, just drawing my little ponies and all that stuff that us 80s kids I love did. that. Yes, that's right. You know, and that's really all I ever wanted to do. You know, I, I definitely got notes home from school that I was busy drawing inside of my notebook instead of you know writing to the teacher notes yes <laughs> were you drawing the teacher <laughs> oh my god everything forget it I, I was the class artist you know, i was getting i was getting like little little uh 25 cent you know bubble gums and all of that as payment for making little drawings for my i friends. love that were you into the lanyards as well oh my god forget it yes, right the, the bracelets the night <laughs> like all the little braids. the staircases the dragons the boxes Box the snakes i tried to do cobra i can't do cobra oh i love I that still, one still can't eluded <laughs> 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 me um, um so yeah going forward you 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 studied and and and, and we'll talk about your other things because you paint you sew you do it all you crochet um you studied fine arts at the art and, and of course Together, we, we both studied at Art and Design. Um, you studied fa fashion illustration, um, but you went on to study fine arts at the Art Students League of New York and art history at Fordham University. Um, yeah, and, and, and of course, you got certifications in education and special education. What is it about your own edification that inspired you to want to share knowledge with others? I think I realized after, after many years of, you know, trying so many different things. I mean, you, you, you even just like names, like quite a couple of different career paths that I've done, Yeah. you know, and I think, yeah. you know, I was always curious about trying different things. I always had being a teacher on my, you know, on my list of careers that I wanted to do. You know, I wanted to pursue art. Didn't necessarily know if I wanted to be an art teacher, you know, however, you know, right before I was about to, you know, start a certification program for education, um, I decided that I wanted to cook. So yeah. I ended up, <laughs> <laughs> I ended up um, putting in all of my um, papers to Fordham to um, to pull myself out of school. And I decided to cook. And at that time, you know, my group of friends, they were all little tiny baby line cooks in some of the best restaurants in Manhattan. And yeah. they told me, hey, if they knew them what they know now, they would have never paid for culinary school, which is what I was going to do. You know, ah. it's, it's a very hands-on, you know, 
you you don't learn it through class. You learn it by doing, actually, like going through the motion. Yes. And as an artist, I'm like, hey, you're speaking my language, you know. So I was able to come at it from a more creative standpoint yeah. than a technical standpoint, yeah. and it was dope. You're not going to learn so how to prove your pastries until you do it. Which, which, exactly. by the way, is testament to having people around you that you can trust to share not you share your dreams share your aspirations say them out loud claim them because you know that's why we're here together i can go through something and learn a lesson so that you don't have to do it i've done the hard work so you don't have to do it as well here let me share some advice with you and that's why you should say these things out loud you know keeping things to yourself sometimes either way right vice versa no, we don't help each other grow I'm that way. So thankful for them to say that, you know, because a culinary school is not cheap by any means. Right, I it's a business. At least like at least eighty thousand in the hole. Yeah, you know, and then, <laughs> and then you know, and we and we've all been through it, right? Yeah, you, know, you go to college, and you know, it's obviously well worth the investment. However, your life choices are very limited by you know this crippling debt that you now have. You yeah. know. Many people, you know, want to, you know, branch out and try other careers, but unfortunately they can't because to start at the bottom rung of any career is going to not pay very well. Right. And then you can't pay your loans back. Right. And so now you end up stuck in this little box that, yes, it pays well, but is it spiritually fulfilling? Maybe not necessarily. You right. know, so I'm really so glad that they told me, hey, you know, just come and work with us. And not only did I get that education for free but i got paid to do it right so right you know this this was this was a very unique opportunity that i was so grateful for and i actually i don't even have a sweet tooth i wanted to be, <laughs> I wanted to be a savory <laughs> chef but, um i fell in love with the aesthetic i fell in love with you know the the colors and the chemistry of baking and I love the precision that you need in order to make something just right. You're really utilizing all of the parts of your brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so artistic. So, you know, I ended up just sticking with pastries and yeah, it it did a lot of times feel like I was in the art studio again whenever I got to be inside of a kitchen and I'm making, you know, cakes or madeleines or, you know, whatever the case is. You got just as dirty. Yeah. Exactly. Only this time, you know, I can eat the paint. (laughs) <laughs> that's right um even though you you're not really a, a, didn't really have a sweet tooth but why not um because you have to taste what you're cooking right exactly you know and so then i started you know i finally got to a point where you know we had line cooks coming in or apprentices who wanted to learn how to bake and i found myself teaching and then it kind of popped uh, in my head again, like, ah, oh, there we go. Almost like I'm coming around full circle again. Yes. And teaching and yes. I absolutely loved it. And I would always get compliments from the people with whom I was teaching, you know, saying, you know, you're very patient. You explain things very clearly to people. You know, you make them feel comfortable. And I said, I know what it's like, you know, to, especially in, in, a, in a kitchen, kitchens are rough, man, you know, to, to come in and not know anything. And, you know, people are treating you like shit for things that you obviously shouldn't know how to do if you've never done it before. Right. right. I don't want to make people feel that way. So when they come into the kitchen, it's like, hey, welcome. You know, if you make a mistake, I'm going to tell you, hey, it's okay. Everybody makes mistakes. Just please don't do it twice. Please don't do it three times. Otherwise, I am probably going to have to kick your ass. That's different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, 
I, I, I don't want people, and especially women, because most of the times pastry chefs are women, and the industry mm. is mostly male. And kitchen environment, at least when when I started, like you know, early two thousands, you know, late nineties, it, it it was still you know a very like toxic, masculine, you sure, ego driven, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And so I wanted to make sure that, you know, I was preparing them not only in their pastry skills, but also not preparing them to take some shit, but being prepared so that when shit happens, you can enforce that boundary and say, yeah. absolutely not. This is not okay. Don't yeah. talk to me like this. Right. In, in, in any facet of life, right? You go through the fire, you come out as strong as gold, right? Absolutely. And I didn't want them to have to go through the shit that I went yeah. through. I didn't want them to tell someone to go F themselves if, you know, if they're coming out their face, you know? So, as as we all do, we go through life. Now, the modern aesthete life, um, where, where you help others um, find creative outlets so they can discover their most aesthetic self. Let's mm-hmm. start here, right? In aesthete is someone with a deep connection to appreciation of art and nature. When did you discover that you yourself <laughs> uh, was an aesthete? Um, I actually fell upon the word aesthete maybe about four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. I think I think it was just like on one of those like blogs that, you know, are for literature and it was and it was doing like this little list of like, you know, 15 words that all book lovers should know. And, ah, love and then, it, love so it. Put up aesthete, and then it explains that an aesthete is somebody who has a deep connection to art and nature. And I said, "Oh my God, that is the perfect description of who I am." Yes. And then you know, and then I realized not enough people use that word anymore. We use aesthetic. Yes, that's right. But we don't, but we don't personify ourselves as aesthetes, and so. I wanted to revive that. I yeah. wanted people <clears throat> to be able to be empowered and say, you know, we we are all in some way moved by art or nature, you know, and you don't even necessarily have to create art in order to be an aesthete necessarily. Most just an appreciator. Right, yeah. right. Aesthetes were the people who just absolutely loved going to the galleries and going to the museums and seeing all of these, you know, beautiful pieces that are being yes. made and being able to talk about it. You know, even so, even synagogues and churches are just full of architecture and architecture, art and yeah oh, buildings and beautiful land. yeah so i love the idea that you know because i mean a lot of people and i'm sure you might have heard it you know all your life as well when you tell people that you're an artist people are like oh i i can't draw i'm not an artist i'm not creative people always put themselves down about it you know right. and i love that you know the definition of aesthetic is almost like a little foot in the door. We're not saying that you have to make art, but you love art and that's good enough. Right. So welcome, <laughs> into this, welcome into this circle, you know, and then as you get comfortable and you choose to start making things, maybe dabble you're in have it. that support yes. to do it. Well, right. So, I mean, how can, and, and of course that all goes back to trusting. It, it all takes trust and, and just trusting yourself because, I mean, 100%. at the end of the day, as we all learn, as whatever artists we are, there is an audience out there. There will be people who will appreciate what you do, but you won't know until you get started. 
And once you start, you get all the caca out of the way. <laughs> oh, 100%. The sooner you, you start. <laughs> Nine times out of 10, somebody decided that, they are, that, that, that they're not an artist, that they're not a quote-unquote creator. They just missed because it. Because they got negative feedback from people. Which is fine, you know? too. But but I mean it sucks, you know. Like yeah. you shouldn't be telling kids when they're young your art is ugly. Don't no. know that you know that shit happens. No, no. It, shuts, it shuts people down because you know? we don't all. And that art is so all of us haven't used that as a motivating factor. Some of us have used that to fall behind. Exactly. You yeah. know, it's like when when you're drawing, it's self-expression, and so when people are telling you that that the way that you choose to express yourself is wrong or ugly or any sort of negative critique that's anything less than supportive yes yes you're gonna hide that portion of yourself because you don't want to show people those pieces of your intrinsic self if all you've ever known was negative feedback yes. from it like i uh, feel whenever so you've badly. been vulnerable enough yeah mm -hmm. yeah it leaves you even more vulnerable or afraid exactly. to be Exactly. And then it shows up in other aspects of your life. You know, it's not just your art. Maybe now you're not speaking your minds anymore. Maybe you're not telling people how you really feel ah. you know, because you're afraid of people, you know, disagreeing with you or shooting you down. You know, yes. you don't want to tell people you don't want to tell people your dreams and your desires. You don't want them shooting it down. You're not speaking things into creation and allowing yourselves those opportunities because you're from now on, you're constantly afraid because of, you were hurt judgment of yes the external you know lack of validation yeah yes and 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 validation is good not just from ourselves but from from the people we love and trust right um 100%. we want that you know you may not get it all the time but you know being able to push past that yes. in order to support yourself and say i'm gonna do it anyway that's one of the greatest acts of self-love yeah yeah and, and 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 we talk about how that manifests how how Things can permeate through through other aspects of our lives. And, and of course, that comes from the people who have hurt us. They were hurt themselves, right? And mm -hmm. then it's just the circle mm -hmm. of life. Hurt people hurt people, you know? And, and that is such an important component of being able to find that bravery to do what you want to do. Yes. Is having that empathy and understanding that yes. when, when people are focused on you in a negative light it's because they're Insecurity, not, they're not their own. look at themselves mm -hmm. or they're not happy with themselves happy people don't do mean shit no <laughs> we spread the happy joy <laughs> happy people are going to even when they're not feeling great they're, yes. they're healthy enough to acknowledge that they don't feel good but that doesn't mean that they're going to take it out on other people happy people are going to support you happy people are going to you know not curse you out or gossip or talk shit about you mm -hmm. you know happy people don't do that i want people to learn how to be happy so right and and of course that takes healing and and we're gonna break down all those healing components um but let's start with the nature now let's talk about the nature part of being an estate uh well we're currently right now i mean of course you grew up in harlem new york city but right now you reside in a cottage <laughs> in the adirondack mountain area in northeastern new york with your husband surrounded by beautiful mountains of course in forests you 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 talk a lot about you know you you both are always striving to live in harmony with nature. Was this location intentional? Um, and 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 how does where you live adhere to your aesthetic life lifestyle, your esthetic lifestyle? Excuse me. 
it was a it was a purposeful move. Yeah. Um, we we were before this we were living out in the Mojave Desert and yes. we absolutely loved it. Nature. Um, we did have an opportunity. You know, we we had a small chunk of money and we said, hey, you know, maybe instead of renting, let's think about you know trying you know home ownership and. We considered coming back over to the East Coast and being in New York State. And the reason why we chose the Adirondacks is because we're up far north, far north enough where um, the the houses are so affordable, you know. Yeah, so again, yeah. one one major component that really matters to me is not breaking the bank. I don't I don't want to be a slave to debt in any sort of way in order to you know achieve a, a lifestyle that i want i you know i don't value material possessions in that way enough but so it I'm is your that. but it is a talent to also be resourceful yeah so i you know we we got a little affordable fixer-upper and you know it's perfect you know because we are less than 20 minutes outside of adirondack park so we can go camping we can hiking. you know do picnics we can yes. go hiking all the things that we love to do um, but we're just a few hours away from New York City, which is great because I can drive down as often as I want to come mm -hmm, visit my mm -hmm. family and my friends. Right. So Two hours, three really hours, or is it longer? Oh, no, no, no. We're, we're way further up. Like Saratoga Springs-ish. Even further. We're, Six hours. Yeah, we're... Um, <laughs> four, and a half, four and a half hours. Okay, I'm exact. Okay. <laughs> we're closer to Canada than we are to the city. I love it. I love um, it. But... But I, I don't mind it at all, you know, um, and it's just been so nice, like, I've especially like coming from, you know, a Harlem girl who grew up in the projects. Now I'm living in the middle of like the woods. Yeah. It's yeah. So nice. It's what I always dreamed of when I was a kid. I love that. So it's really nice to be able to be around nature all the time. I did have the um, I did have the privilege of growing up right across the street from Central Park. So that's where my love of nature started. Yes. I got, to, I got to every day after school, just walk over to the park. And I wouldn't even necessarily play in the playground when I was a kid. I just loved sitting in the grass and being near the trees. Yeah. I mean, even in, in, even in during this, I mean, I've always been an outdoors person. And there's so many yeah. places in New York City and so many parks that so you could get places. lost in. And people don't even realize it's right there. And. If any native New Yorkers are listening, do not take it for granted how no. many green spaces our it's city beautiful. has. Because I've lived in many, many cities that do not have green spaces. That shit is depressing, yo. It <laughs> even when the leaves green are gone, even when it's not as green, it's still beautiful. Um, 100%. Now, how, how does the internet, how does it, where you are now, how does it differ from the home and 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 the life you had in Harlem, New York City, and and what would be the perfect combination of both places? What would that look and feel like? <laughs> My husband and I have been having this discussion quite often, actually, because um, we've been up here for four years. Love we're not it. too thrilled about it anymore. You know, we would like to. You know, we're we're mm -hmm. looking forward to our move back over. You know, to Nevada. Yeah. Um, but. You learn a lot of things as you as you try new things. Absolutely, as people, you should. That's why I encourage people to try it. I have so many people who are afraid of moving because they're like, "Well, what if I don't like it?" And I'm like, "Well, if you don't like it, try something new or move back home. You understand yeah. that your home is always going to be there, right?" 
an entire city won't disappear because you walked away from it. Right. You know, and then other people also have this hang up, you know, and it's not just with, you know, travel, you know, or trying something new, but like even within the creative space, you know, you think, well, if I try it the first time and I'm not good at it, you know, then it's a failure. I'm a failure. You're not Which a failure. Which isn't true, right. I wouldn't consider the fact that the Adirondacks is not for us. <laughs> you tried. You got to try it, you know? And so, look, out of all the places I tried, you know, I know I wouldn't necessarily come to live here again. I'll come to visit, but not live here again. And that's completely fine. I think for us, the perfect median would be a medium-sized city mm -hmm. that, and it has to be, it has to be a city that supports pedestrians because i've also been in many many cities that you have to drive everywhere i'm not right. having that as an as a native new yorker i have yeah. a license i have that shit i would really like to be able to get around by bike you know hop a cab easily or you know post covid you know get back on a train or a bus you yeah. know i don't mind having to drive but i want it to be you know, a small enough city where when I do drive, it's not a hassle or public transportation is, you know, on point and, you know, the architecture is nice and right at either right outside of it or still within it is lots of, um, when I say nature, green, it doesn't necessarily have to be literally green, but I mean like yeah. some beautiful ass nature outside of it, you yeah. know, yeah. so that I can make sure that I'm constantly getting that. And it has to have a community that supports the arts. That is so important to me. Like up here, like unfortunately, there's not really a lot of support for local artists. And okay. it's a shame, okay. you know? So I want to be somewhere where I can, you know, continue to support artists and get that support, you know, in reciprocity. And and of course, and it, it's obviously not the same because, you you know, you, you provide a lot of one-on-one -on -one um, services in 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 terms of uh, being an intuitive artist and 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 therapies, but um, you have been obviously taking advantage of online connection and communication from wherever you are, oh, right? Well, you know, I, I I had to, you know, I most most of my work was done in person locally up here, and then I would do a couple of you know community workshops in the city, you know, whenever I went down to travel. Um, and I missed that so much, but you know, <laughs> everything, <laughs> everything had to shift over to online. Yeah. And so um, even like as a business owner, it's like, okay, how are you going to traverse this new, you know, style of work yeah. that you've never necessarily done before? So that's why I did start with one-on-one -on -one because that was a little bit more manageable for me. Yeah. To be able to work with people one on one in a virtual environment, especially with the modalities that I um, that I provide, I just I, I feel like being you know in a in a one to one space, even if right. it's so virtual, it's a little bit more. Yeah, let's stuff. start there. Now, one of the gifts you offer your clients um, in the estate life, the modern <laughs> um, estate life, uh, intuitive art coaching, right? You use the process mm -hmm. of creating art as an opportunity for self-discovery and healing. And, 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 and of course, we'll talk about that. But let's talk about, let's start here. What is, <laughs> for dummies like me, what is <laughs> intuitive art, you know? And, and how can we, how can one tap into their own creativity if they've never been in tune with it before that? So intuitive art, is a process of 
creating art, but enjoying it for the process and not the outcome. Got it. And yes. Okay. So I think I allowing think for yourself to just up, create. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I think for you and I who grew up in art school, that is just the antithesis of what we learned, right? You learn a very technical skill and you better do it perfectly or you're doing it again because it's results driven. You can't, you can't prove your proficiency in a, um, in a medium or in a style um, unless you're executing it perfectly. Yeah. And so I think even people who or at least learn techniques to get exactly. to a certain place. Exactly. And I think, you know, even even people who haven't necessarily, you know, gone to art school or consider themselves artists still do have that performance anxiety. I know for myself. Oh, yes. After 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 I was done with um, art school, like after college. I stopped painting and drawing for Ugh. years. It was like a solid decade just because every single time I, I had the itch or the urge to um, to paint or draw, I would sit there with the blank canvas or paper because all I'm saying is, well, whatever you're making, Vanessa, it better be perfect to better look good. And so now I'm not even enjoying the process. I couldn't get past right. a blank canvas. And I, I, I found out that that wasn't just unique to, you know, people who are in the professional art fields, you know, many people just feel that way in general. And it's kind of based on how we were raised in school, right? Everything has to be perfect. Your grades have to be perfect. Your writing has to be perfect. You have to have a perfect understanding of everything that we're telling you. Perfection, perfection, perfection. Art doesn't require you to be perfect. Art requires you to express yourself. And art now, requires you, you to have a point of view and whatever that is exactly. this is how you express it sure and guess what your point of view is not wrong <laughs> right so it's okay to express it so now once we're taking that paradigm and we're flipping it and saying okay we're creating art for art's sake and you don't even have to show it to anybody once it's done this is just for you and i want you to concentrate on the process of creating and how joyful you feel just how you shut everything else out and you're just really enjoying putting paint to canvas or yeah. blending colors on a paper like that really nice feeling it doesn't have to it doesn't even have to be complete by the time you you put it down it you could always come back step away yeah yeah or or you can just start with a new piece whatever yeah. you want but but the point is you're making art for you you're not making it you know for public for the public gaze or for external validation you know i want you to learn to just follow your intuition grab only the colors that you feel good with using or hey if you want to make a black and white piece or you just want to work with pencil and yeah. that's what's calling you yes do it yeah you know do as, as someone who loves charcoal you. she says um yes oh i love me a charcoal <laughs> how is art then how is art creativity painting sewing um how can all of these things how are they fruitful in terms of using them for healing and growing well there's actually a lot of studies that show that immersing yourself in any sort of creative outlet whether yes. it is drawing painting knitting um it lowers stress mm -hmm. it boosts creativity Mm -hmm. um, it sends out endorphins. So now like you're feeling really happy. You're practicing patience and mindfulness mm -hmm. because you are right there in the moment with whatever you're creating yes. and not necessarily 
you know juggling ten different things about, going on in your head. Yeah, you're just ruminating about the past, right. which creates depression, or stressing out about the future, which creates anxiety. You're just right then and there. I love that. All that matters is what you're doing. Here you know, in the now. and I, I think I think it's so dope that, you know, people are starting to, you know, do uh psychological studies and prove that having any creative outlet in your life is just so beneficial it's a balance life. yeah now so so people right let's just talk about being in the now right where we are right now you know people are so compounded by lots of the things you're saying right the worry of both you know they worry about their physical health their family's health um as well as their financial well-being how do you convince <laughs> How do you begin to convince people that this is something important that they should invest in, whether it's, you know, a little bit of money or time, you know? So let's go with the time component first. Yes. Because that's always the first thing that people say, right? I don't have enough time. It's the first thing you say to yourself. I don't have the time. Where am I going to I'm watching TV over here. Yeah, man, I'm busy. I got, I got my family to take care of. I got mm-hmm, my kids, mm-hmm. my husband, you know, I got work. I work too many hours. I, you know, this, 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 and that. To which is all bullshit anyway. Because if you got time to be sitting, scrolling on your phone, you got time instead to be investing in yourself and your own well-being. Yes. So what I, what I'm, what I'm doing now is um, once a week, I get on Instagram live and yes. I put a timer on for five minutes. And I just sit for five minutes and I just chat and I start, I start a piece. Will it be finished in five minutes? Maybe, maybe not, but that's not the point anyway. The point is if you have five minutes and you're just watching me create something and it's, it's Hmm. evoked those emotions that you want for yourself, then don't say that you don't have five minutes. If, If five minutes of watching me do it was transformative for you, take those five minutes put a timer on and put it for yourself it doesn't have to be a large block of time people think that when they need time for themselves to practice self-care you need an hour a day a weekend a vacation you need to take a whole week you don't have to do it five minutes every day to yourself treat that as your sacred time to make sure that you're taking care of yourself do whatever you want with it you want to meditate meditate you want to go out for a walk go do that you know you just want to sit and scribble fine but what you shouldn't be doing is mindlessly flipping through social media or, you know, just saying, oh, it's five. I have five minutes. Let me do some extra work because I'm working at home. No, make sure that you're taking that it's time something for yourself. yourself. Yes. Yeah. So that, that's how I deal with the time aspect. The yes. money aspect. Um, it meant a lot to me to offer my services at various price points. Yeah. Um, and that came from working for almost 20 years as a pastry chef. Artistically, it was very satisfying, but I didn't feel like I was doing anything important for the world by serving a bunch of rich people $20 desserts. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not making a difference. Yeah. And so I want to make sure that you're I'm just feeding the beast, survive. literally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, <laughs> for real. I don't want to be a part of that anymore. And so I decided, you know, I wanted to make you know, my work accessible on all levels, you know, 
the most expensive services that I have would be one-to-one services because yes. I'm I'm giving my time exclusively to you and everything that we do is bespoke because I'm listening to you and we're creating our own program from scratch based exactly. And that's someone needs. who's obviously w- has already dedicated some time probably beforehand and, and really would like to jump in. Get their or, you know, a lot of times, you know, they, 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 they've never tried it before and they want to, you know, all, all of my sessions run one hour anyway, except yeah. for uh, therapeutic cooking that we need a little bit more time. Sure. For. <laughs> but, um, you know, if, if people want to try it for one hour, they are absolutely welcome to, you know, and I have lots of people who are, you know, return clients who absolutely love that one hour that they've had for themselves. It, yes. it felt so special and magical and they, they were kind enough to tell me afterwards how they feel. And so they return and that's great, you know, and I let them know that, you know, since those are the highest prices that I offer, what you're funding is not just my personal paycheck. When you are willing to, you know, pay the prices for one-to-one services, that allows me to offer discounted or free um, seats to my online workshops for people who wouldn't necessarily afford it. It also allows me to volunteer my time places. It allows me to do mentorships. You know, all of this other stuff that is for free um, to the people who need it the most. Yes. And so, they're they're feeling better about it twice now they know when they're investing in my work um it's not just going into my pocket not only is it making them feel good yeah after they're done with having that service but they know that it's going to help other people as well and that's how i created a sustainability for my business that makes me feel really really good about my work i love that and and of course of all the great work you do you 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 have in 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 Speaking of your your free workshops, you have free intuitive art workshops uh, in collaboration with women's shelters in Harlem, New York City. Um, many of us, in just New York City in general, there's always people displaced. Um, currently, my husband and I were displaced. Um, but uh, you work, you know, and even COVID has 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 unveiled. Uh, even more the problems of domestic violence, um, not not just homelessness, but domestic violence. And of course, uh, and we'll talk a little bit about after um, mm-hmm. food and shelter disparities. But <clears throat> right now, you offer free workshops to, uh, y- you know, women and obviously their children benefit. Um, people don't. And of course, they're they're women of color, right? Black, yes. indigenous people of color. Um, I guess people don't often realize that whether it's discrimination, bias, uh, racism, all of these things affect us and they add to traumatic experiences. Maybe it's not, um, noticeable, (laughs) um, at first, Mm -hmm. um, what do you find in, in your important work of, of trying to heal others through art. Um, what do you find that's most, not just most healing for people, but let's start with most challenging for them to even begin. Like how... I think the most challenging part for, for them is being able to put themselves first. 
Yes. I think a lot of people would sure. say, I mean, it's it's such a very human reaction where, you know, when you have other people to take care of and you're in a very traumatic place where, you know, you're displaced. Yes. People or, don't people or, aren't thinking or you, or you don't have money. Yes, yes. How but like lots of things like that. Yeah. How like you're you're thinking to yourself, how could how, you actually think that self-care is selfish. You think right. how could I stop right. and and do this for myself while X, Y, and Z is happening and I need to address those things. Um, to which I remind them, those things will get done and will be taken care of regardless. When we're done with but our session for you. <laughs> but sitting and ruminating every moment of the day when you can't address it right at this moment or while it's still in the mo- in the middle of getting fixed is not going to be helpful for you. And also just reminding people that how can you take care of others when you're not taking care of yourself? Yeah. If you're constantly running on empty, it's you're going to bottom out at some it point. It always sounds so cliche, but out. it's so true. Oh, I bottomed out. Yeah. I absolutely did. I, I, I worked spread so yourself hours yeah. in, a, in a kitchen. I was doing uh, like 7 a.m. until 1 a.m., six days a week. And I wasn't taking care of myself. And I just, I thought I could keep doing it. And not sustainable. At some point, at some point it, w- it was even affecting my work. Yeah. The work <laughs> yeah. That I'm so badly wanting to do, I can't even do well because I'm working myself too much. Yeah. And so, you know, being able to tell them that it's okay to allow themselves a moment to take care of themselves and to put themselves first and stop thinking about other people just 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 for that whatever your other problems are this is for you however you're doing it it's okay it's okay to have space for yourself it's okay to have activities that are just for yourself and not for other people you know and then once they're able to shake that anxiety and put themselves first even just for that moment they're realizing it's empowering yeah. they don't realize that just because they're not working towards the myriad of problems that they have in their head doesn't mean that you know the, that everything's going to go flying off the rails and, and <laughs> it didn't yeah it didn't but now you've empowered yourself because even with something that's not directly solving any of your problems you're still taking the smallest a micro control step. of your life. Yeah. You're taking control of your life for that one, you know, half hour block, one hour block, however. Something you have control over. Stuff. Yeah. Take control of that. And yeah. then when you feel very, very empowered and you feel so good, like, wow, I'm, I mastered this one moment to myself. I'm, I feel recharged. Now I'm ready to tackle all of the other yes. things because I gave myself that time. I gave myself that respite. And, and 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 let's talk about right i mean and we talked about this earlier i know you have a, a daily a, a morning you know your own estate exercises you do you 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 wake up to enjoy the sun and and all of the things by the way my husband and i we have the snow white effect i don't know if, if you if this happens to you but man <laughs> the birds the animals the squirrels the ants the flies you name it, they will stop and stare at us and we can talk to them. Um, it can be a little dangerous sometimes. So, um, but it's nature, <laughs> right? 
Um, love the water. I know you've spent some time recently out in the sea. I love it. Um, overall, we have this idea of mindfulness, which is something else you brought up earlier. What is mindfulness? mindfulness <laughs> Obviously, is actually being quite in the easy. yeah. People think that mindfulness means, you know, being a yogi or an yes. expert meditator. Right. Hell to the naw. It is not that because I know personally for me, I I still struggle with still meditation. I'm a very I'm I'm a frenetic person. I need to move around. Yes. You know, I can't sit still. But just because I'm not sitting still doesn't mean that I'm not meditating. So me uh, mindfulness means, you know, being in the present. It's exactly what I said earlier, like yeah. not, not regretting the past, not worrying about the future, but just being here, you know, right at the moment and finding joy in what you're doing at this very moment. And then I said, okay, well, based on that definition, there's quite a couple of things that I do that I I define as meditation. I love cooking. Even when I was a kid at home, yeah. I, I couldn't wait to tell mom, no, you know what? Dinner's on me tonight. I want to cook, you know? And so, so many people don't realize that cooking is meditative. Sure. You know, if you feel, if you feel great in the kitchen and you're not thinking about anything else because all of your senses are immersed, you know, the, the smells of all the ingredients when you're chopping, you know, all of your, you know, um, vegetables and, you know, when everything is cooking, the sounds of like sizzling or things boiling, you know, um, the, the texture of everything in your hands as you're touching yes. and then obviously taste, you know, and so now... And most of the times, no one wants to really join you in the kitchen. So you've got it all to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so now, you know, I realize I'm like, wow, every time I cook, yeah, it's meditation for me. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm having such a good time doing all of these things. I don't have to think about anything else. I might be daydreaming. I might daydream about other things that make me happy, but I'm not as stressed because yes. I'm just, I have to keep myself present while I'm doing all my chopping so I don't chop a finger off. But, no. <laughs> but when I tell people that cooking can be meditative, it blows their mind. They're like, oh my God, I love cooking. Oh my God, what you described is exactly how I feel when I'm in yes, the kitchen. Yes. And I said, well, then don't say that you don't meditate. If 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 med if cooking is your jam, then you know yes. that when you get into that kitchen, you turn on your music, you tell everybody to stay out of the kitchen, and that's your moment of meditation I while love you're it. making I love a it. slam and ass. Meal. So we have, and people have taken it and ran. They just love, love the idea that now they're they're meditators. So so we have intuitive art workshops. You have yogic yogic meditation, um, and of course, this part of the estate kitchen. Um, mm -hmm. therapeutic cooking, therapeutic cooking as, 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 you know, Vanessa just discussed it's the cooking is the practice of using cooking as a meditative, meditative practice to develop a healthier spiritual relationship. Um, and, and, and which you should, and you could have with your food, right? Um, which affects your body, which affects your, your spirit and your well-being. Um, now you, I know you say you don't specifically teach cooking skills, right? They're, they're not lessons, um, but they're mostly recipes and in, 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 in how these recipes affect us, right? Ingredients, yes. smells, tastes, um, just feelings, right? Um, 
Because sometimes food can be triggering, right, to happier times. It absolutely can. I mean, I think I think I read um, the sense of smell and taste are two of the strongest triggers for memory. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people are surprised when they come to me. And, you know, after I explain what therapeutic cooking is and isn't, which means I'm not going to teach you some hardcore chef skills, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Then, then, then they're almost surprised because I ask them, "Well, what what's your favorite thing to make? What is what is what is a meal that just makes you happy? You know, like the first thing that came into your head as soon as I said it. What what's yours? Mine? Yes. Oh my god! Uh, I just like me. I love baking. Uh, you know, cakes, brownies, cook. My husband hates it that I, I oh, love all the sweets. Yeah, I mean, I can okay. do a mean turkey. I could do a mean penne. I love all of that. But ba- it's baking. It's still baking. Baking is your jam. Yes. You see? So then what I'm going to say, uh, then I would ask, you know, like, well, what's your favorite cake to make? Oh, gosh. Oh, angel. I love angel food cake. Oh, my God. Angel food cake is so good. So then what we're going to do is <laughs> we're going to make an angel food love cake. It. We're going to make it from scratch. We're going to make it together. Because I don't want you to feel uncomfortable and nervous because, oh my God, now I'm going to be making this brand new thing that I've never right. done before. And, I love and again, the performance anxiety, I have to make it perfectly. No, you're already familiar with this. Yes. Now we might switch it up a little bit. Maybe maybe the topping that we're going to make for it will be just a little bit different. Something yeah, really simple that it. we can do together. Yeah. But we're going to, you know... I'm going to make a very simple recipe. I'm going to share that with you. Um, I'm going to give you the ingredients list. And then in a few days, we're going to sit and get on on Zoom together. And we're going to bake together. And the whole point of this is unlike professional cooking where it's rush, 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 hurry up and get it out, get it out. Everything has to be slowed down. So now we're cooking very There's intent. There's this mindfulness yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna remind you to like look at each ingredient like look at how pretty the yellows of the yolks are yes. in your eggs so we're not look just thinking about why these ingredients are we're thinking about all of our senses and 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 how they make us feel exactly i love that like how satisfying it is when you're making your angel cake and, and, the, and the egg whites whip up perfectly you yeah. know and just enjoy the whole process and then when we're done the fact that you have this amazing, you know, cake to either have for yourself or share with a loved one. Yes. It's a really great feeling. And now you have something that you always loved, but with with a different perception because now you're not taking it for granted. Yes. Because you made it, you know. I love that. So I want to ask you, right, because, y- y- you know, a lot of the things that I've seen on the Estate Kitchen that that that, that just caught my eye, you know, French onion tart, mussels and shrimps, you know, even your snow day rosés. And and one of your sayings is food is universal, is is a universal love language, which if, if we look around in terms of food insecurity, it it looks like we really hate each other. Right. (laughs) Um, You know, Obviously, with everything going on, the economy has hit many people differently in the last few months. It's tougher to afford fresh, healthy foods, uh, fruits, vegetables, 
um, which are always more expensive than processed items. And of course, many of mm -hmm. us live in food deserts, right? Absolutely. Our access to bodegas where, you know, they're focused on chips and sodas and cigarettes. <laughs> and yeah, we can't yeah. eat that. Um, no. And and of course, f f food insecurity has always been an issue in New York City, and 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 just in many places in the United States and and around the world. Um, let alone poverty, and you know, it, again, just the pervasiveness of not having food. What are some of the more affordable foods that you recommend that can nourish our bodies, our spirits, our senses? So what I always explain to people is that ingredients don't have to be expensive to be good. Right. And they don't have to be, they don't have to be fancy to be good either. You know, always shop, always, you can always make it fancy. shop seasonally. If you shop uh -huh. seasonally, most of the time your produce is going to be less expensive. And Got I it. also, I also let people know, you know, um, I want mangoes all year round. Vegetables get a bad rep. <laughs> Right. Frozen vegetables get a bad rep, um, but the thing is, they are they're flash frozen, so all the nutrients that were in them when they were fresh picked are actually still there. And overcooking so, is what gets rid of the nutrients, right? Overcooking is yeah, exactly so. You know, if if you can't afford, you know, um, fresh produce. It's absolutely fine. Go for go for frozen. If you can't afford frozen and you're going for canned, that's still okay. Honestly, what you really want to do when we're speaking nutritionally is cook from scratch. Mm. Cooking from scratch instead of getting a boxed meal or 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 you know a frozen dinner. You know you're going to be able to control the portions. You're going to be able to control the sodium. You'll have more you're portion. You're in charge of how much salt is putting in. Right. You know. Um, it's not going to have all those preservatives in it and none of that shit is good either. And you'll have you know? more of so, it to make. Exactly. You know, and I mean, there have been plenty of times in my life where I've been broke as shit, yeah. you know, don't be afraid of, you know, having to, or, or don't be embarrassed by the fact that, you know, you've got to carve up. Let me tell you something. Right? I love, I've been loving my PB and J's lately. Yeah. Rice will save your life. Bread will save your life pasta you know sure and then just make sure that you know even if that's what you have to eat then just offset it with a little bit more exercise you know we all don't have that money all the time especially in covid you know especially when so many people lost their jobs and so i you know i want to make sure that people are just being mindful with what they're eating you know maybe maybe don't eat the cup of noodle because that shit has mad sodium in yeah. it. But, <laughs> but maybe you know buy buy the ramen noodles but then instead of using that little flavor packet put in some beef broth you know yes the broth can, that's you know? right and you that'll last even stuff. more than that little yes yeah you know, i love and then, it and then you can add in your own salt and pepper add in your own vegetables you know just little little tweaks because yes. oh but then also please remember that many um many farmers markets accept um food stamps yes I love that. So, you know, so, 
be that person, you know, go there, you know, and a lot of them, like I know that the farmer's market on 14th street, not only do they accept, but they also, um, they also give you vouchers. So for every dollar that you spend on your EBT, they give you another like farmer's buck, which is another extra dollar for I you love to that. spend. Yeah. So, you know, find your resources, find whatever's going to help you to make sure that you're making the best decisions possible for your body. Because again, when you're honoring your body, you're going. To that's feel everything. Better. That's that's your diet, your your mental well being, and 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 just and obviously your creativity, which helps all of it. I love that. Thank you so very much, Vanessa. I'm, look at the time; it's gone. It's flown by. It's like I don't even know where the time. It goes just yet. went. Um, this was such a good time. Thank you so much for holding yes. space for me and allowing no, me to No, thank be here. you for sharing your insight for anyone who is interested in learning more about um, Vanessa Opal June and everything about the modern estate lifestyle. I wanted to take the modern estate style quiz, but we'll do that another time. Um, you guys <laughs> can get more information on VanessaOpalJune.com. V A N E S S A O P A L J U N E. Dot com, um, and we could also find you as well on um, at Vanessa Opal June on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, right? Yeah, I'm on YouTube and uh, Twitter as well. Yes, and Twitter. Um, and and for all of what we do here, for find out more information about that, you guys can find out everything about Radio Free Brooklyn at Radio Free Brooklyn. Com. And for everything I do, you can log on to junkandjam.com. And actually, Giving Tuesday is coming up, guys. Uh, global generosity movement um, that just unleashes the generosity of people and organizations and to help transform communities around the world, especially at a time that we're all where we're all experiencing the same thing. Um, yes, you don't need that extra TV that's on sale. No. <laughs> don't giving your money to the people who are making the best changes in our world. That's right. Giving Tuesday, you know, brings people together of all faiths uh, and races and political views across the globe. Um, and of course, here at Radio Free Brooklyn, we are a nonprofit community organization. And again, our mission is to empower Brooklyn's underserved local communities. Um, so if you want to find out more how you can help us or anyone really for that matter go to radiofreebrooklyn.com uh, excuse me go to radiofreebrooklyn i say dot com go to dot com slash donate <laughs> sometimes it's dot org um thank you guys so much thank you vanessa this episode and all episodes of the junk and jam hour can be streamed on spotify apple podcasts iheart podcasts google play music and simply tell alexa Play the Junk and Jam Hour. Thank you.